Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning, and we're glad you're here. We come from a long historical heritage where one of the main teachings is that there is a spark of the divine in everyone. It is in the spirit of that heritage that I ask you to greet your neighbors, greet the holy in our midst by turning to the person to your right and left and welcoming them here this morning. Will you please read with me our chalice lighting words? In the light of truth and the warmth of love, we gather to seek, to find, and to share. Spirit of life, be present with us this hour. Join us today as we gather in a wider search for truth and purpose. In this quest, may we greet one another with open hearts and minds. May we inspire each other to consider new questions and seek deeper meaning. And may we cultivate wisdom and compassion. Let all who enter this sanctuary see a welcome face, hear a kind word, and find comfort in this community. And may all that is done and said here today be in service to love and justice. When someone asks you, why do people go to church who don't necessarily believe in God? You can say, well, at first you, you in Austin, we gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. May it be so. Every morning, the world is created. Under the orange sticks of the sun, the heaped ashes of the night turn into leaves again and fasten themselves to the high branches. And the ponds appear like black cloth on which are painted islands of summer lilies. If it is your nature to be happy, you will swim away along the soft trails for hours, your imagination lighting everywhere. If your spirit carries within it the thorn that is heavier than lead, if it's all you can do to keep on trudging, there is still somewhere deep within you a beast shouting that the earth is exactly what it wanted. Each pond with its blazing lilies is a prayer heard and answered lavishly every morning whether or not you have ever dared to be happy, whether or not you have ever dared to pray. I don't know if you all know this, but there's an election coming up. I had the honor of being asked to pray at the Lady Bird Johnson breakfast at the State Democratic Convention on yesterday. And it was really fun to see all the Democrats in one room. It wasn't really all of them like it would have been if it had been South Carolina, for example. Um, <laughs> all of them would fit in one room, but um, I think there are more Democrats than that in Texas. But uh, it, was a, it was a good looking and energetic group, I have to say that. And what I want to uh, talk to you about this morning is uh, the real Ten Commandments, because we're going to be hearing a lot about that as... Um, the Christian right gets revved up to um, participate in this election. Um, so I wanted you to 
to know some information about the Ten Commandments and what, uh, how they relate to our Constitution and to our American culture. Because uh, what you're going to be hearing is that this is a Christian nation, and you're going to be hearing about the framers of the Constitution and the relationship between the, the Ten Commandments and the framers of the Constitution. And so I wanted you to have some good information. And I've noticed that you all have a beautiful big uh, granite monument of the Ten Commandments on the Capitol grounds. Um, there was apparently a, a fight about that in 2005 in the Supreme Court um, said it was not unconstitutional. Is that the same thing as being constitutional? Not sure. It was not unconstitutional for us to have that there. Um, and I wonder whether the people who fought hard on the side of the Granite Monument um, could actually recite all ten of the Ten Commandments. Because I remember um, when this fight was going on, I know uh, Stephen Colbert, who is from South Carolina, so... Uh, we, we watched him there. I don't know if y'all watch him here, but I think you do. He um, interviewed a congressman from Georgia named Lynn Westmoreland, and he, Lynn Westmoreland had sponsored a bill that would make it um, required for a display of the Ten Commandments to be in the House of Representatives and in the Senate. So, um, hence the interview. Here's what uh, Colbert said to Mr. Westmoreland. You co-sponsored a bill requiring the display of the Ten Commandments in the House of Representatives and in the Senate. Why was that important to you? Well, uh, I'm going to try to do a Georgia accent, but it's not going to be good. Well, the Ten Commandments is not a bad thing uh, for people to understand and respect. I'm with you, said Colbert, as the congressman goes on. Where better place? Uh, would you have something like that than a judicial building or a courthouse? That's a good question, Colbert asked. Where can you think of a better building <laughs> to have the Ten Commandments in than a public building? No, I, I think if we were without them, we would lose a sense of our direction. What are the Ten Commandments? What are all of them? <laughs> yes. Uh, you want me to name them? Yes, that's it. Let me see. Don't murder. Don't lie. Don't steal. Uh, I can't name them all. In the faith story of the Jews, Christians, and Muslims, those are the Abrahamic faiths. They all count Abraham as their forefather. In the, in the faith story of the Abrahamic faiths, the Ten Commandments were given to Moses in the desert, the Sinai Desert. In Hebrew, they are called Aseret Hadavarim, best translated, the Ten Statements. The story is found in both Deuteronomy and in Exodus, the Hebrew people, as you know, were enslaved in Egypt, and they followed Moses out of Egypt and wandered for 40 years. They, tra they traveled through the Sinai Peninsula to the land of Canaan, which in their faith story was promised to them by God. After three months, they came to Mount Horeb, also called Mount Sinai. God told Moses to come up the mountain alone, 
And he would speak to Moses in a voice that the people would hear so that they could trust Moses to lead them. Moses went up the mountain to talk to God and there was a lot of smoke on the mountain, like smoke from a furnace. Because Adonai, which means the Lord, because you never say the actual name of God in Hebrew, even if it's written on the page. So Adonai um, descended on the mountain in fire, which is what made the smoke. And there was a sound like trumpets that grew louder and louder. My ex-father-in-law said that that was the sound of a spaceship as it descended. Um, and so was the fire and smoke. But... I'm sure there are many people who think that I don't. Uh, it's not one of the one of the traditional interpretations. Of God gave Moses the Ten Commandments and um, and many more commandments that the people were to follow. The according to the Talmud, there are 613 commandments that the people were supposed to follow. And when in back in the day, when they started the recitation of just the ten the people acted as if that made those Ten Commandments more important than the other commandments of the 613, and so they discontinued the recitation of just the Ten. So there's 613 commandments, actually. Um, It took Moses, in this story, so long to come down from the mountain that the people grew restless, and Aaron, Moses' brother, was pestered by the people, to make some gods who could accompany them to the promised land. I know you all learned this story in uh, Sunday school. So um, he, he was pestered to make some gods. So he asked the people for their gold, and the people gave, them, gave him their gold earrings and things like that, and he melted them down and made a calf, a golden calf. And the people worshipped the golden calf with shouting and dancing and revelry. Y'all know revelry, just, it means hard partying. And so, the shouting and dancing and revelry, and Moses heard the noise. In the text it said it sounded like a war. Have you ever been to a party that sounded like a war? That's a, that's a big party. So Moses came down from the mountain with the tablets in his hand, and according to rabbinic tradition, the tablets were carved all the way through. So the letters went all the way through and miraculously read the same. It's kind of cool, magical um, picture. That they read the same on either side of the tablets and that whenever there was an O, the circle, the stone circle that was in the O just floated there kind of magically. And, um, and so he brought these beautiful tablets down for the people, but the people were... Um, too busy partying. And Moses became angry and he saw what the people were doing and he broke the tablets into pieces and he ground up the golden calf and sprinkled the powder on the water that the people had to drink and made them drink it. And then he went back up the mountain, got two more tablets also inscribed and brought them down. And um, there is a... um, an offshoot of Christianity called the Swedenborgian faith. The Swedenborgian interpretation of that is that Moses brought down the higher law the first time, but when the people proved themselves too um, immature to receive the higher law, Moses went back up and got 
another version that the people were more ready for. And here are the 10 that were recited, the 10 that have been carved out of the 613 and lifted up as if they were more important, which is a mistake. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall make no graven image. That just means don't make anything that is supposed to represent God in an image, painted or sculpted. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. That was the seventh day. Honor your father and your mother. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness, which just means don't lie. Do not wish for your neighbor's wife or his donkey or anything that is his. Period. Okay. So those are the Ten Commandments that uh, Mr. Westmoreland couldn't name. And uh, just for the heck of it, I wish that we all could name them because it's important. And then if somebody gets in your face about it, you can say, what are they? And they can't name them. You can. Score one for the liberals or whatever you are. <laughs> you may not be a liberal. You might be a, a, a something else. And then score one for you. Okay. So when you say those commandments, most of them are things we teach our children. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't kill. They are time-honored precepts, and you can find them in almost every religion. In fact, um, the commandments that are in Deuteronomy that Moses brought from the mountain really borrow heavily from the Code of Hammurabi, almost verbatim in some places, the Code of Hammurabi, which argues a little bit against them being given to him by God, because Hammurabi was before, well... I remember in seminary being taken aback, kind of offended that the Ten Commandments were borrowed from the Code of Hammurabi. I, I didn't like it. It hurt my faith. But that's what seminary is for. So, um, but once your mind can let go of literalism, then you can just decide that these laws, wherever they came from, are a pretty good way to... Um, to structure a culture, one good way to structure a culture, and especially for people who were in the mind of someone who'd been enslaved generation after generation after generation, used to being told what to do, perhaps it takes a generation or two to lift your head up and, and get a free mind. I don't know. But, um, but these were the commandments that, um, that the Jews followed. Okay. So... When we built our first American courthouses, did we put the Ten Commandments in them? Was it 17th century? Was it an 18th century thing to have the Ten Commandments in the courthouses? No. They were a Hollywood marketing scheme. Did you know that? Cecil B. DeMille was making a movie called... Yes. And he heard about a judge in Minnesota who was um, sending out framed copies of the Ten Commandments on paper and asking people to put them up in their courthouse. He was being helped in this effort by a fraternal organization, a Christian organization called the Fraternal Order of Eagles. They were financing this. Cecil B. DeMille either because he felt that the Ten Commandments were really important for our nation or because he was marketing his movie, 
um, he contacted the judge and suggested that he finance some bronze copies of the Ten Commandments that the judge could send out instead of paper. But the judge said, well, no, the original Ten Commandments were on um, granite. So bronze will not do. And so Cecil B. DeMille paid through the Fraternal Order of Eagles to have between 150 and 200 monuments. They made them in four-foot size, six-foot size, and eight-foot, I think. Um, and, they, and they shipped them out to courthouses and Capitol buildings across the country. Texas got one. That's where our Ten Commandments monument comes from. It's from Cecil B. DeMille. To advertise the movie with Charlton Heston in it. People have tried in different ways to fight these monuments um, or to celebrate them. And I cannot resist because one of my hobbies is uh, religions on the fringe. I, ca I cannot resist telling you that many courthouses in the state of Utah have chosen to take down their displays of the Ten Commandments because there is a religious organization called Sumum that wanted to erect monuments of Sumum's precepts next to the Ten Commandments. They were like, we love that you have the Ten Commandments up there. Let's put Sumum's uh, precepts up there too. The cases were won on the grounds that Sumum's right to freedom of speech was denied and the governments engaged in discrimination. So instead of erecting Sumum's monuments, the Utah courthouses took the Ten Commandments down. So suddenly it was important to them to not have any religion in the courthouse. And I can't resist telling you that Sumum is a religion and a philosophy that began in 1975 as a result of a fellow named Claude Corky Noel and his encounter with individuals from outer space that he describes as Suma individuals. It, I attempt to speak with all faith with respect, but this is a challenge. Sumum's faith story says these Suma beings presented Noel with concepts regarding the nature of creation, concepts which are continually reintroduced to humankind by advanced beings who work along the pathways of creation. As a result of his experience, um, Noel founded Sumum in order to introduce what he received to others. Um, in 1980, he changed his own name to Sumum Bonum Amen Ra, but uh, apparently now he just goes by Corky Raw. And here's what the sign says that he wanted to erect in the courthouse. The grand principle of creation is nothing and possibility come in and out of bond infinite times in a finite moment. So, um, the Ten Commandments in our courthouses... Are they the foundation of our morality? Well, kind of, in that um, moral precepts are pretty much the same in most religions. You say, don't lie, don't kill, don't steal. And yet, in our American culture, our values are very different from the Ten Commandments. I mean, the, the core values of democracy are very different from the Ten Commandments. 
We teach freedom of religion, which goes against the commandment that says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. We have a whole advertising industry that is based on coveting what your neighbor has. So a capitalist, consumer-driven democracy is antithetical to the holiness codes of Moses' law. That's why there's such tension between people who are for democracy and fundamentalists of any of the Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christian fundamentalists, Islamic fundamentalists, there's so much tension between those people and people who are um, wanting democracy because the principles of each are antithetical to the other in so many ways. Um, democracy was unknown in Moses' time. So now that we have democracy, we see that religious freedom is very important to our democracy, not important in Mosaic law. Free speech, very important, not important in Mosaic law. The rights of the individual, the disestablishment of a state religion, all of those go against the Mosaic law. And all of those things, religious tolerance, freedom of speech, disestablishment of a safe state religion, all of those were insisted upon by the framers of the Constitution. Where did they get the, that? Some people say that part of where they got that was from the Iroquois nation, and part of where they got that was from Solon the Athenian. Now, you might look at the front of your bulletin and think that's Moses, because we're talking about the Ten Commandments, but it's not. It's Solon. And with Solon the Athenian, who was born around 638 BCE, um, what he did was he was elected to create a constitution for Athens. He is the founder of Western democracy, and he's the first person in history to articulate in, in writing ideas of equal rights for everybody. He was the first person in Western history to publicly record a civil constitution. He advocated not only the right, but even the duty of every citizen to bear arms in the defense of the state, set up laws defending the principles and importance of private property. He stated encouragement of economic trades and crafts and a strong middle class. And those ideals from the Athenian Constitution are at the heart of American democracy. So you can see now, as the layers are pulled back, you can see now why there's so much tension between religious fundamentalists and people who would like a theocracy where God rules our country or what people say God said and their interpretation of what people say God said. It kind of gets removed a few, a few steps from the actually God ruling our country, which might not be too bad, but... Um, between that and the principles of, uh, of democracy, the way we have it. They're, they're in huge tension. And so let me tell you what Solon's Ten Commandments were. And what I want to ask you is, what would you add? What are your, some of your bottom line commandments? He said, trust good character more than promises. Do not speak falsely. Do good things. Do not be hasty in making friends, but do not ab abandon them once made. Learn to obey before you command. 
When giving advice, do not recommend what is pleasing, but rather what is useful. Make reason your supreme commander. Do not associate with people who do bad things. Honor the gods. Have regard for your parents. So where do your commandments come from? Do they come from the scriptures, or do they come from uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, or do they come from things your grandmother told you, or might you pretty much agree with Solon? I pretty much do. I think those are my commandments, except I would add, don't be boring. You may be one last spark. We all need to light the whole world. Yes. The second time you sing this for someone you love, have them in mind. You may be one last spark. We all need to light the whole world. Wonderful. Now you sing it for somebody you can kind of take or leave. So don't look around. Somebody about whom you are just completely neutral. Maybe somebody you don't even know. Just pick out somebody. We're singing this to them now. Here we go. You may be one last spark. We all need to light the whole world. Oh, you sound so wonderful. This time we sing it for somebody that we hate. This is a spiritual stretch. And according to my friends in the 12-step movement, you don't have to mean it. (laughs) I think I told you about my friend Dorothy who was singing this or praying this for her mother. And uh, her sponsor had told her to do this. And she said, I can't mean this if I pray this for my mother. And her sponsor said, so, do it anyway. And Dorothy said, but that would make me a hypocrite. And her sponsor said, Dorothy, you're a drunk. (laughs) God forbid you should be a hypocrite. (laughs) All right, you have this person in mind. Just pick a politician if you can't really think of anybody. Not one of the good ones. We love many politicians. You may be one last spark. We all need to light the whole world. And then last time we prayed for ourselves again because that was hard on us. You may be one last spark. We all need to light the whole world. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. 
For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.